You need to be alive to win. You need to be in the game to win. If you want to maximize your impact or your agency on the world, your ability to help other people or to make a dent in the universe or just to be happy, you have to be healthy. It's kind of the, it's table stakes. Hello and welcome to the Optimal Agency Podcast. Together with you, Mr. John Gilson and I are exploring the ideas of agency, diving deep to discover a set of guidelines on how each of us can best operate in the day-to-day maximize our personal autonomy, professional freedom, and ultimately our positive impact on the world. Thank you so much for tuning into the show this week. My name is Patrick Cummings. I'm here with just a quick introduction. We've got a conversation this week between two good friends of mine. John recently joined E.C. Sinkowski on the Consistency Project podcast to talk about a number of things. They explore the three areas of focus that we often talk about here, that quite frankly, we always talk about here, health, wealth, and time, and how balancing these can lead to overall life satisfaction. They discuss the importance of establishing non-negotiable boundaries for one's health and how prioritizing health can greatly impact our overall well-being. And John shares some practical advice on how to transition from a stressful existence to a serene one by properly managing and balancing these three key areas. Definitely check out what EC is doing if you are not already familiar with her work. Search for the Consistency Project podcast wherever you are listening to this. And of course, find her online at optimizemenutrition.com. Thank you to her for this conversation. Before we jump into it, just a quick reminder, if you have not yet gotten your HWT score, what are you waiting for? I didn't mean to make a rhyme there, but I did, and I'm not I'm not ashamed of it. Head to optimalagency.co slash HWT to get immediate access to this questionnaire. What is it? 60 questions across health, wealth, and time. It is designed to give you an honest assessment of where you currently stand across all three of these. And then importantly, it'll give you some specific directed advice and some resources for how to improve wherever you are the weakest. Again, optimalagency.co slash HWT for that free quick questionnaire. Okay, without further ado, here is John with E.C. Sinkowski. Tell our listeners what Optimal Agency really is and, and what it's solving for. Cool. So uh, Optimal Agency is really aimed at giving people a plan to get to personal freedom. And it's personal freedom in their professional life primarily, but also their personal life and what impact they want to have. And what Patrick and I did was we sat down and said, what are the steps? What are the freedoms someone needs to have to have total freedom and command over their life. What is it like to own your life? And we landed on three areas uh, and they're pretty self-evident. Like, you know, and I think that's one of the things about this that are really nice. You shouldn't be shocked when I say you have your health and you have your wealth and you have time. And those are your three, let's call them macro resources. And you get to decide at any point in time how to balance them, how to create them, or how you're going to destroy them. Uh, and people do all three of those things, right? And usually uh, what I've found is that at different phases in our life, we have different balances, right? So when we're young, we have infinite health all the time in the world and no money. Uh, when we're old, we've got all the money and very little time, and hopefully we're still healthy, but you know we might be in a state of declining health. And so the point of the project is to say, how do you develop health, wealth, and time in a balance to allow you to achieve what you want to in the world as young as possible? 
as young as possible so that you don't have to succumb to that traditional curve of I either have all my health time, no money, or I have all the money and I'm about to die. Yeah. And so what what is the way to for someone to know how am I balanced in these areas to measure them? I, I know on the website you you have a way that people can do their health, wealth, and time score. Is that kind of how you like people to check in on are they kind of balancing appropriately in these areas? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'd love for people to go over to uh, optimalagency.co and take the HWT questionnaire. That's a lot of fun for us. But here's the thing. You already know. You already know if you are appropriately healthy. You know, no one's confused if they're in a well, in a, and that, that's not just physical. It's, it's mental. It's connection. It's social connection. You already know, right? And if you're experiencing a lot of anxiety, if you're experiencing a lot of stress, if you're experiencing a lot of pain, you know, hey, I need to work on my health, my overall balance there, right? You can look at your wealth relative to your needs and say, am I struggling to make ends meet? Does it feel good? Do I feel like I have enough? And wealth for us isn't Warren Buffett. Wealth for us is wealth relative to needs. And in fact, all of these things are relative to your need for that thing, for the defined impact and outcome you want, right? And so you know if you're wealthy enough relative to what you need. Uh, you know, if an unex- things like if an unexpected expense comes up, can I handle it? If I want to try something new, let's say I want to become a heavy metal drummer, right? Can I afford the drum kit and the lessons and try the thing? You know, uh, can I do what I want in the world? And then, I mean, everybody knows, do I have enough time or not? And a lot of what we train around time is, frankly, how to limit the number of commitments you have and schedule the ones you do have so that you're in a stress-free state. So I think that owning your life, personal freedom, is as much about maximizing your impact on the world as it is about doing so in a really stress-free manner. And if you wanted to really boil down and say, how can I help you? How can I help somebody who listens to the podcast or visits the site, et cetera? We're going to teach you how to transition from a stressful existence to one of serenity through building your health, wealth, and time in the proper proportions. And then really through a a set of mind shifts as to how do you concentrate on you, on your agency, and give that primacy. Because when a lot of people are unbalanced across these things, they're unbalanced because they've made someone else's priorities their priorities. Yeah, I like the point about you saying people probably already know because we were joking. I I did the HWT score and I was not surprised to find out my time was the lowest. (laughs) (laughs) Not surprising at all, which was interesting to me also thinking about um, if I then want to attack improving my time, um, do you find that there is a point at which me over-indexing on time improvement will always negate, let's say, the balance of health and wealth, or do they sometimes can independently operate? Like, what's the relationship between the two, and how does improving one really diminish maybe the others or not at all? Yeah, uh, you can over-index, and most people do. Most people do, right? So, for instance, it's very easy to imagine that I spend so much time looking at the obvious scorecard of how much money do I have in the bank that I don't contact my friends, I work instead. Right. I don't uh, take Saturdays off because, damn it, I could be doing my Q4 planning. 
you know? Uh, and so hey, it needs to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do the Q4 planning. Uh, it's so easy to over index, but you can over index the other way, you know, and a lot of people will over index in uh, the CrossFit community towards health. You know, how do I spend more time with my fiance is the question, but I'm, you know, I'm doing two a days and then I'm doing meal prep at noon and then I have my mobility session and then I've got to get in strength and then I'm running my 5k. How do I, John, how do I spend time with my family? And it's like, you need to, you need to stop worrying so much about your health. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in a lot of ways, what we're doing is helping you shed a light on the characteristic, the element of agency, whether health, wealth, or time, the things that add up to give you agency in the world saying, which one of these am I the worst at, you know, and you can think about it in a very CrossFit esque sense, right? right? What's the, (laughs) you know, what's the weakness you need to work on here? Uh, and a lot of this came about for me from over-indexing on work, you know, over-indexing on wealth and saying, well, okay, I can tell you how to be rich, but rich in the absence of friendship and connection, uh, rich when you have to spend your evening in front of Netflix to unwind with alcohol and sugar is not wealth. You just happen to have a lot of money in the bank and your life is actually pretty poor. You know, and so I had a very personal experience going through that saying, well, I, geez, I need to balance these things out. And so that turned into the six rules of wealth, the six rules of health, the six rules of time, and then the behaviors that go along with those things. How do I actually have to operate and behave in the world to to make those rules real? Yeah. And I think that's what I want to get into next, but I do see that a lot in health. No surprise. I talk about nutrition uh, a little bit and there's a lot of over indexing <laughs> on we, I often call it the worried well. It's I'm taking every supplement under the sun. I'm doing all of these biometrics that aren't necessarily valid tests and just a lot of neuroses. In fact, something that I went through for a period of time of you know, traveling with my own salad dressing and all of these like potentially health optimizations that you get to the point where, yeah, it's now starting to affect my mental health because I'm so neurotic about all of this p- potential you know, exposure. And so that's what I really like is that each of these three areas, you do have these... Um, six basic rules. And we've talked recently on the podcast about kind of blue zones and longevity and how long-term health really comes down to some pretty simple practices. And so I just wanted to uh, let the audience know the six rules of health before we go into the behaviors associated with them. But for the health, they're the build cardio capacity and muscle strength. Two is eat unprocessed foods and cook your meals. Three, do not drink alcohol or eat sugar. Four, prioritize friendship and connection. Five, eliminate unnecessary screen time. And six is sleep at least 7.5 hours per night. And so it starts to kind of boil down all of the things about health to some really simple rules. But then with each of these areas, and I'd like to go into the health one specifically, you have six behaviors. So then in addition to those, we have these six behaviors of health span. So can you tell us how the behaviors came to be in relationship to the rules? What's the relationship there? How to think about them? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. So listen, you can get the rules, right? The rules of driving down the road, for instance, stop at the stop signs, yield at the yield signs, right? You can go over a white line, you can't go over a yellow line. Well, none of that teaches you how to drive the car. None of that says, where do I put my hands, right? When do I signal? How do I hit the gas pedal and the brake and the clutch and the gear shift and adjust the music and listen to the podcast so that I don't crash the car? And so I can tell you not to eat sugar and drink alcohol. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like die a fiery death, John, because 
A, I do both of those things and I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop. And so the behaviors are what's going to tell you essentially how do I operationalize these rules? How do I make them a reality? How do I get from point A to point B without crashing the car? And so, you know, the behaviors, uh, they, and I'll do them pretty quick here. Exercise first, uh, build habits and routines, create invaluable boundaries, uh, prefer consistency to intensity, control your environment, and correct missteps with your next action. And there are write-ups associated with each of those of about 200 words, but essentially they're an operating system for making it real. So if we take those, exercise first, why? It's a keystone habit. When you exercise first, and I literally mean first thing, like first thing in the day, when you exercise first, you're going to tend to stack on the habits that travel with that right? Maybe you'll have the post-recovery shake, you'll stretch, right? You'll get to work focused and ready to go. And so there's kind of a knock-on, right? It's the whole make your bed idea. And so I think exercise is the make your bed of being a healthy person, if that makes sense. Habits and routines, everybody gets knocked off by, I don't know what I'm going to do and when I'm going to do it. You know, and you'll see this as a recurring theme throughout Optimal Agency, is essentially you need to have a plan and you need to execute it. And it doesn't need to be some like, you know, super nuanced plan, but you do need to know on Monday, I'm going to do five sets of five back squats, you know, and on Tuesday, I'm going to run a 5K and on third and Wednesday, I'm resting, et cetera, et cetera. You need to have that plan and you need to have the cue reward response. This is straight atomic habit stuff. This is the power of habit. Charles Duhigg, like, you know, Know what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and why you're going to do it, because that overcomes a lot of the cognitive barriers. Uh, and you've probably done this. I've done this. You ever show up in the gym and be like, what do I want to do today? <laughs> yes, once or twice. <laughs> right. Which is the most useless training program on earth, other than not doing it, right? Other right. than not doing exactly. it at all. Um, I, I'd like to key in on one of these behaviors real quick, yeah, you see, because I think it's it's probably the most important one as far as I'm concerned. Uh, create involuble boundaries. Uh, what is that involuble is like, you know, um, fancy speak for non-negotiable, right? Cannot be penetrated, invincible boundaries around your health. You need to be alive to win. <laughs> you need to be in the game to win, right? If you want to maximize your impact or your agency on the world, your ability to help other people or to make a dent in the universe or just to be happy, you have to be healthy. It's, it's kind of the, it's table stakes. And so what do I mean by that? You're never too busy to work out because workout comes before anything else. Right. It means that a corporate project never keeps you up at night past your bedtime because sleeping is more important than corporate projects, <laughs> you know. And so I think that as we think about over optimizing for health, the only thing you really need to optimize for is to say my health comes before these other things. It's the non-negotiable thing. I mean, imagine that, imagine that you don't complete the corporate project because you're unwilling to stay up all night to do it and you get fired the next day. Well, guess what? You're still healthy. Go get another job, right? But uh, one of the things that really impacted me, and this is a little bit of an aside, the Wall Street Journal runs obits 
for famous executives. And I would love for somebody to just look at the age at which those people die versus the social security actuarial table. Because you look at those obits and they're like, you know, Lisa was the executive vice president of widgets at Delta Airlines and she died unexpectedly at 57 of a stroke. And, you know, I see way too many 50s and 60s when the actuarial tables say 70s and 80s. And so a lot of creating involvable boundaries around your health is maybe giving you decades of life by de-stressing. Yeah. Anyway, you know, the behaviors go in that direction of saying, what is it that you really need to prioritize and how do you do it? Mm, yeah, that's good. Um, I love the exercise first. And in fact, the more I work in nutrition, the more I believe exercise is the gateway drug to nutrition. Because I think exercise and developing that habit is, I don't want to use the word easy, but I do think it's easier than developing the nutrition habit. And so it's developing the confidence and the mindset that I can do this hard thing and make new habits before tackling the nutrition. And I think it's one of the reasons why, why CrossFit was so powerful in driving people's nutrition change. But anyway, that, that's my aside. Um, I did happen to listen to your episode on sugar and alcohol. And one of the discussions I liked in that one was talking about that immediacy of wanting the sugar high and that dopamine release and that feel good moment. And it really reminded me of um, a parallel, I believe, in the wealth category where you know, somebody might have a similar high when they go shopping and get the new thing that they really want instead of saving. And so there's this idea of delayed gratification that is really necessary to achieve health, maybe in terms of eating, in terms of exercise, right? You don't see the biceps right away. It takes some time. And then wealth, we need to also be investing over a long period of time, compound growth, all that stuff. Is there that same parallel for like delayed gratification? Do you see that for time? And how does that work? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting question. Is there delayed gratification in time? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you wake up in the morning and hopefully you do your exercise first and you down like a pint of coffee and you're like, let's go. Right. And you fire up the browser or whatever, and you just start hammering at the thing. Right. The thing that feels good about using your time is being quote unquote productive. And we net, we think about productivity as acting instead of what would require delayed gratification, which is planning to act, planning to act in a fairly robust fashion. So I, I, I also do a lot of business consulting and 99% of the time, what I see is people who just run at something instead of sitting back and saying, what is it that I need to do to plan to do this successfully? So I need you to have a planning phase, which is, is the same as not spending your money to save it, to invest it, which is the same as not eating that sugar so you have the body comp down the road. I need you to take that pause to say, if I know what needs to happen, everything can cascade from that, what times on my calendar it gets blocked. And so when I sit down to work, I don't hammer the keyboard. I don't answer whatever email came in. I'm not like, oh my God, Slack ping. Let me hit seven people back. I say, well, wait a minute. What's the plan? What's the priority? Let me delay the gratification of the pings and the beeps and the, and the whatever's in the meeting to make sure I'm having the right meeting, to make sure I'm sending the right calm, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that. Um, well, like what's interesting and, uh, you know, we have to fight this 
wanting that immediate response all the time, the pings, the sugar high, the new dress, car, I don't know what it is. So there is this like innate need that we want and this immediate reaction. And yet all this other stuff that we really want comes from this delayed gratification. So I'm kind of asking for a hack here, which my audience knows I hate hacks, but how, <laughs> how do we make delayed gratification more immediately gratifying? Is there a way to sort of, you know, actually feel better in the moment about our delayed gratification decision? <laughs> Can I get an immediate reward for something that's far in the future? Yes, John, I want it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want it all. Tell me how. Here's how here's how I actually do it. Like personally. Okay. I have goals and priorities which are more important to me than those immediate gratifications and I give myself the metaphorical gold star when I take the not the outcome that I'm looking for but the action toward the outcome. Okay, so the gold star is doing the workout, not 9% body fat. The gold star is I have an automatic transfer from my savings account to my investing account of $500 a month. And look at that. It went out this month. Gold star. Because I'm not worried about being wealthy. I'm not worried about being healthy. I'm worried about the process of getting to that thing. And so the real question is, how do you give yourself the metaphorical gold star for the process? Right. Uh, and I've, you know, so uh, I've always wanted to do this thing. I always thought it would be fun in the wealth spectrum where you could get rewarded for not spending your money on something you were about to. Okay. So you've got Amazon up and you went to Amazon because you had to get a refill on your magnesium L3 and 8. But what you actually are doing now is surfing uh, PlayStation games. Right. Somehow you don't buy that thing. You tell your browser you haven't bought that thing. And the money goes into your investment account you would have spent on that thing, right? Like I, I really want to get to what you're asking me, which is how can I immediately get high off the long-term behavior? And to some degree, the answer is you can't. But if you can say my lodestar, my North star is agency and freedom. My North star is health and wealth and time. And I know that Sugar's working against me. Alcohol's working against me. Spending my money on crap I don't need is working against me. And agreeing to volunteer for the committee I don't give a shit about is working against me. Right? Agency is my North Star. You can start to engage in the right behaviors. So I don't know if that's a hack, but that's where my mindset is today. There's not a lot of hacks I've found out in this health and <laughs> health thing. So <laughs> it's it's par for the course. Um but yeah, it actually reminds me, we had a conversation with a, an author of, it's this book out that's wonderful, um, You Can't Screw This Up by Adam Bornstein. And he's really big on the behavior side of things. And so your discussion about the gold star reminds me of, you have to keep reminding yourself that when you make the he healthy breakfast choice or when you go to do the exercise, that you're already identifying as that outcome person, that you can't wait for the 9% body fat, as you said, to then be happy about it. It's like, no, no, I am an exerciser because I exercise today, or I am a healthy person because I exercise today, you know? So I think that's the similar to the gold star, which is great. Um, one of the things that I noticed on your website was um, identifying this, uh, I guess, behavior or just phenomenon of the knowing doing gap, which resonates, I think, with going to resonate with uh, some of my audience for sure. And that is, hey, I know a lot about nutrition. <laughs> I've heard EC talk about this fruit and vegetable thing once or twice before. 
just can't put it into practice. And so I think that's kind of what you're getting after with the, the knowing doing gap. If you could explain a little bit more about that and then really how do people go about actually eliminating the gap between the two? Yeah. So the knowing doing gap is really simple. And as you explained it, I know I need to do this thing and I'm not doing it. And the unspoken thing in the hyphen, so knowing hyphen doing, the hyphen is hard. The hyphen is, it's difficult, right? So I know I need to eat 800 grams of fruits and vegetables a day, but I'm not doing it. Well, it's because it's difficult. You haven't operationalized it. You don't have a plan for doing it. You don't grocery shop to do it. It's not in your, therefore it's not in the fridge or on the counter. Therefore you're not doing it. And by the way, you don't have a scale. So you don't know if it's 800 grams or 80 grams, right? Because you're American and you don't even know what a gram is. Okay. So <laughs> hey, I went international, I, all right? <laughs> <laughs> How many kilometers are you from me right now? Uh, so <laughs> So I think with the the knowing doing gap, the way that we think about solving for that is getting a very precise plan in place. Instead of letting it be the cloud of hard, you say, what is the next viable action I can take? So if I wanted to do the 800 gram challenge, right, the first thing I might do is understand not in grams, but in pieces of fruit and uh, kind of handfuls of spinach, if you'll forgive me, is how much is that? How much is that? Let me, let's, all we're going to do today, I don't even care how many vegetables I eat today. Let me just figure out what that pile looks like, right? And then let me say, well, if I was going to do that for five days, right, then I would need 4,000 grams of this stuff, right? I need literally four kilos of fruits and vegetables, okay? Where do I get four kilos of fruits and vegetables of sufficient variety to do this? What does four kilos of fruits and vegetables look like? You know, and so is it in your house? And so you have to, I really like this concept of the way we overcome the knowing, knowing doing gap is to identify the next viable action that is concrete. What's the next thing I can do that moves me closer? And it's in that same vein of us talking about getting to 9% body fat. It's like, don't focus on the outcome. Just focus on what's the process that's likely to get me there. It doesn't have to be perfect because I can always pivot halfway through. If I find out that eating four kilos of spinach actually requires me to have four stomachs and you know be a ruminant, then... I might switch to some higher, you know, some higher density have things. Have a potato like, for God's sake. Have a potato for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, That's awesome. overcome that knowing doing gap by knowing what the next thing is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that next step idea is, is great because you can get overwhelmed by the whole goal. I think it reminds me of a lot of times when people ask about nutrition questions that I think might be getting lost in the weeds. One of my favorite kind of responses is, what did you have for breakfast? it totally grounds it back to like, what's the next step? You know, what's the, what's the next meal in front of you or something like that. So yeah, that's, thank you for that. Um, okay. So I want to close it out with how, you know, we, we already mentioned somebody can go get their HWT score. We've got all these rules on the website. You got these behaviors, you have 18 different rules in these three different areas. You know, I can quickly imagine somebody will come, be, get a little bit overwhelmed yeah. <laughs> where to start. Uh, you know, it's very complete, which is awesome. But with that, it also comes with, oh, gosh, where do I start? How do I optimize 18 rules? Um, can you give kind of a realistic picture of how somebody can go about 
taking more agency in a kind of a linear and sustainable way? What's the next step, if you will? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so most of your listeners do not need to pay any attention to my health rules. Just don't. Mm. Just don't. Don't. Mm. You You already know. Stop. We talk about them <laughs> once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In other words, like if you're listening to this program, you're already amongst the percentage right. of the 1% for whom this is not applicable. It doesn't matter. Right. right so right. you probably either want to build your wealth or figure out how to get more time. Okay. I would suggest that you decide which of those things matters more to you and you read, just read the rules. Just read the rules. Right. Go in and don't even worry about the behaviors today. Go read the rules, look at all six of them and say, which of these would help me most? So for instance, time rule number one is default to no. Well, are you a people pleaser? Do you say yes too much? Is there so much crap on your calendar? Not because you decided what you wanted to do in the world, but because somebody else is deciding what you do in the world, right? That might be a good place to focus and start. And so what we generally recommend uh, for people who have identified a category is pick no more than three rules and pick no more than two from one category. So I might say, hey, I really need to work on time. Cool. You get two time rules and you get one from another category. So you get one wealth rule, two time rules, let's say. Those are the only things you work on for 90 days. Can you operationalize those? Eventually, you'll get to the operating system, the whole thing. And if you want the whole operating system, it's really easy to download from our website at White Papers. So there's a white papers link. You can read the whole treatise, you know, if you want. But to your point, the whole treatise is not actionable. The ideal step would be to take the HWT questionnaire. We'll tell you where you're lacking the most. It will probably vibe with something you already know. <laughs> and we'll tell you which questions you scored the least on, which if you download our guide to fixing those things, goes all the way down to the question level to say, hey, you scored really low on these three things. Here's how to fix those. So uh, yes, my string theory of agency <laughs> is, is complicated, Perfect. but acting on it doesn't have to be. Thank you so much for tuning into the show this week. Thank you to EC for that conversation and for sharing it with us so that we could share it with you one more time. Check out what EC is doing, optimizemenutrition.com, optimizemenutrition on Instagram. And of course, if you're not, listen to the Consistency Project podcast. I have a feeling you will like it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. One more reminder, get that HWT score, optimalagency.co slash HWT. John and I will be back next week for a brand new episode of the Optimal Agency Podcast.